0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. We're doing a series called The Ascended Life, and it's all about taking up your place in the Spirit at the right hand of the Father. And from that place, the Kingdom of God can come on the earth. And the thing is, if you want to be seated in those heavenly places, there are some keys to that. Last week I spoke about having childlike faith. When you have faith, when you trust in the Lord, you can take up that place. But there are always things that come our way, the challenges of life, where the enemy tries to pull us down out of that space. And I shared last week about Jericho's walls. When you're walking around Jericho for seven days... The walls, they speak to you. They say, we're not moving. Nothing's going to change. It's not going to happen. You know, in the same way, the enemy speaks to us when we face our challenges. And it says, it's, it's hopeless. Can't change. No, that person's not going to turn to Christ. No, you're not going to get that breakthrough. No, no. The enemy, the enemy speaks. And, 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 and when our faith buckles, we tend to descend again into a place of hopelessness, despair, unbelief, and then nothing happens. But there's this place in the Spirit where you become one with the Lord. And I experienced this in Abidjan, in Ivory Coast. I did a week of ministry there. And there were quite a few times during our ministry times that I felt like I became more aware of heaven than of the earth. I became more aware of the greatness of God than of the problems and challenges we were facing. And I tell you then, in that place, next level miracles break out. In that place, the kingdom of God floods forth. So you want to you live the ascended life. Not only saved, but seated with Christ. So that... We can show the glory of God to this world. So on, on Tuesday or so, I was, I was driving my car. I, mean, I wasn't like focused necessarily on God. And uh, it was just one of those moments where the Lord spoke to me. And I heard the voice of God say to me, Andre, this is bigger than what you think. This that I am doing in the church and through Chauffeur East London, it is bigger than than what you think, more lives will be impacted through what I am doing in you guys. The Lord said to me a few other things as well. But it's just like, oh, tell you the fear of God came upon me. It's like, okay, Jesus, please just help me to stay on track. Because there are so many lives at stake. There are so many people that God wants to touch. But we need to live the ascended life. And you need to live in a place of faith. And the prophetic word, every time God speaks, it is to unlock faith. It's like God saying, hey, you need to believe. Hey, come on, believe in who God is and believe that I am with you. I am with you. So the prophetic unlocks our spirit senses and gives us eyes to see. Okay, that's the one component I'm going to share about this morning. Eyes to see. And then there's an obstacle to seeing, where the enemy actually blinds us. And it's fascinating if you read the scriptures, where Jesus says, He has come to give sight to the blind, physical and spiritual. And he says, and he's also come to bring blindness to those who see. Which is such an interesting concept. Okay, but so I'm trusting this morning that, we, we, that the Lord's going to release His prophetic grace over us. To give us eyes to see, but also help us to discern where the enemy is bringing deception or lies to our lives. Right, so from the beginning of, of Scripture, uh, from Genesis chapter 1, the God has always spoken. When He created, it says, And God said, Let there be light. Do you know what's the one um, like, line that you can pull through scriptures from the beginning to the end? It's that God spoke. And those who heard his voice, their lives were radically transformed. God is still speaking. Amen? He is still speaking. Praise God. Okay, so let me take you to the first passage just to reveal this blindness versus sight uh, concept. So there was a man uh, uh, in Jesus' ministry. The, God, the man was born blind. Jesus prayed for him, and he saw. For the first time in like 40 plus years, he, he received physical sight. And so the religious leaders interviewed this man. Because they were like, we don't like Jesus. They want to take Jesus out. They're looking for a fault. They're looking for something wrong. So they interview this man who now sees. And the, the man basically says, guys, obviously God is with jesus no man can do these miracles unless god is with him and they did not like his answer so they chucked him out you're out of the synagogue you're out of the community we don't like you because you like jesus and so then jesus goes and he finds this man because he heard that they threw him out of the synagogue and then we pick it up here because jesus is basically saying to him hey i'm the messiah he was talking about the messiah And then he says, verse 37, John 9, verse 37, it says, And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Jesus is saying, I'm the Messiah. And then he said, the man who now sees, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You see, Jesus was more than a prophet, he's God. That's why he allowed this man to worship him. Then verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world, into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. I don't know if you've ever seen that scripture, but that's just really been speaking to me. So there's two things. On the one hand, sight to the blind, but blindness to those who see. And we see this with the religious leaders. Verse 40. It says, then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? I think they were picking up that he's speaking to them. (laughs) Verse 41. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. They thought they saw, but they were blind. and therefore their sin remained. So here you have the religious leaders, the guys who knew the scriptures, the guys who were supposed to embrace Jesus and say, "Here's the Messiah, the Son of God. These are the guys that were supposed to embrace him." But they became his greatest persecutors. They became the guys that tried to control him, and when they couldn't control him, they tried to kill him. It is a scary. They became so blind that they were used by the enemy. Obviously, ultimately fulfill the purposes of God. But, but this blindness is also infectious. The people that Jesus healed and fed and loved on the day of his crucifixion, they were the people that shouted, crucify him. Can you imagine that? Crucify him. They were, they were infected by the same blindness that the religious leaders had and they fought against the purposes of God. They fought against God. That is just scary. And the truth is every one of us are vulnerable to this. It's easy to point a finger at somebody else that you think they're so religious. The thing is every one of us can be vulnerable and I'll show you later how any one of us can Become vulnerable to this blindness instead of seeing. And so but we're trusting that the Lord's gonna give us eyes to see so that we can see his kingdom come. So Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see, God, they will have eyes to see. Blessed are the pure in heart. There's a thousand different bad attitudes that could infect our hearts and make us vulnerable to this blindness. It was beautiful in, in Abidjan, um, in Ivory Coast, on the, the, the final day, on the Sunday morning. Uh, after preaching the gospel and many people turning to Christ, uh, we prayed for, for healing. And people were just standing all over the church service and... Um, And then at some point, multiple people were physically healed. But I love the one story that the one lady shared. She came up um, to to share with everyone that while she was just standing in the service, she said, the first time I prayed for healing, um, nothing changed. She had vision problems. So she had eye problems, struggling to see. And then she said, the second time um, we prayed for healing in the name of Jesus, she says, as her eyes were closed, she saw... An angel. And she saw an angel taking something like a, she said, looked like a buttery substance, like a golden substance. And the angel took this buttery substance in this vision that she saw and rubbed it into her eyes. And then I said at some point, hey guys, let's test our bodies, check. And when she opened her eyes, she was healed. Her vision was restored and she saw perfectly. Isn't that beautiful? Ah, come on, give Jesus praise for that. He heals. He is good. And I love it when people get, when their eyes get healed because you can't fake it. Either you're seeing better or you're not. There's no confusion. No, like I think, it's like either you're seeing or you're not seeing. And, and it was just so beautiful because in the week in Abidjan, there were so many times I felt like we're partnering with the angels of heaven. And they were touching lives. I don't even need to lay hands on people. The angels of God are touching people. And I love that. Even right now, God can touch you while I'm sharing the Word of God. For those at home as well, God can touch us wherever we are. We just need to have childlike faith to believe. And the Lord can then touch you. But the pure in heart will see God. Pure in heart meaning the humble, the hungry for more of God. They, there's, this, there's this dimension of the kingdom. You can have all the knowledge and trusting in yourself and you will be blind. You can know the scriptures from Genesis 1 to Revelation, but you trust in self, you're going to be blind. Then you can know very little of the scriptures, but you are trusting in Jesus. You're humble and hungry for more. You're going to see. You're going to see. Okay, so there's this humble, hungry position we need to take in. The pure in heart will see God. Okay, but so let's look at um, seeing. So I want to take you to uh, the account of Elisha, the prophet Elisha, a very anointed man of God. And so Elisha heard the voice of God. He saw, he had ears to hear, eyes to see. And so he would warn the, the king of Israel, he would say to him, hey, the Syrian armies are coming down there, so don't go there. The enemy is coming there. Don't, don't go there. And that would happen multiple times. The enemy would actually go down there, and the Israelite armies were, were protected. And so this is the one aspect. We need to have eyes to see so we can know what's the enemy doing so we can sidestep him. Very important. We're not obsessed with the enemy. We're focused on Jesus, Oh, we want to know what is the enemy doing. So let's pick up the story in 2 Kings 6 verse 9. It says, but the man of God, the man of God. You see, when you go minister in Africa, suddenly you are the man of God. It's, uh, it's very funny. <laughs> no, we have nothing without Jesus. <laughs> but in Africa, you're the man of God. So you're like, oh, you're a man of God. Uh, Jesus is awesome, and uh, we are not. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And so the, the king of the Syrians, like, at some point, is like freaking out. Who's the traitor? Who's speaking out? Which of my generals are are informing our enemies? And then they were like, King, please don't kill us. It's actually Elisha. He's telling the king of Israel, everything you're saying in your your inner room, in your bedroom, he, he knows it all. And so he's warning. And so the king of Syria was like, let's find this prophet, let's kill him. And so he said, verse 13, and he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. So the whole enemy army goes out and surrounds the city. Do you know what? The enemy is still doing that. He's trying to take out the prophets. He's trying to keep the people of God blind. He wants to remove the prophetic from the church. And so that's why one of the reasons why large portions of the church today would be called Non-profit organizations. Non-profit. Non-profit. Because that's what the enemy is doing. He wants to remove our vision. He wants to remove our ability to see what the enemy is doing. And also remove from us the ability to see God. Non-profit. And so the enemy is still scheming. And one of the biggest ways that he does this is through the religious spirit, which I'll touch on in a moment. But so anyway, so, so so the king of Syria sends out the armies and he wants to go and kill the prophet. So the next morning, the servant of the prophet gets up, goes out to uh, get the Dothan Daily newspaper. He's like, and then he looks like, Oh, my soul, armies all around, alas, my master, we're in trouble. Verse 15, it says, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Surrounded by an enemy army, surround it. An absolutely hopeless situation. And the truth is, all of us will at times face situations like this. Not a physical army, but we will face situations. It just feels like it's hopeless. Hopeless for my marriage. Hopeless for my children. Hopeless for my business situation. Hopeless. I don't know how we're going to solve it. It looks impossible. But you see, if you want to do the impossible, you need to see the invisible. You need to see. You have eyes to see. If you want to do the impossible, you need to see the invisible. And so Elisha was hearing his servant, and yet Elisha was just really calm. It was, cool. it was like, Elisha, are you nuts? Have you lost it? Why aren't you freaking out? We're dead. I mean, these guys will probably, have you heard, they will When they catch you, they will skin you alive and they will torture you. Elisha, we are in massive trouble. And yet Elisha had this incredible peace, this incredible confidence. He wasn't phased. So look at Elisha's response. 2 Kings 6.16. This reveals that Elisha had eyes to see. And he said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I want to speak this over you right now. Doesn't matter what you're facing. I want to say to you, do not be afraid. Do not look with the eyes of man. Do not look at this natural realm. Because there's a higher realm. There's a higher kingdom. A superior kingdom. And when you see with the eyes of the spirit, you're like, I'm not going to be afraid. Why? (laughs) Because it says there. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So if I was a servant, I would like... One. Two. Elisha, did you fail maths or something? What's wrong with you? We are in trouble. There's two of us and there's... A whole legion of army that's coming against us. Elisha, what's wrong with you? You see, but Elisha was living in a higher realm. Elisha was living by heaven's reality. And he could say those who are for us are more than those who are against us. I love this. You see, you plus Jesus, always the majority. You plus Jesus. You're always in the majority. It doesn't matter who's coming against you. If you are with God, then God is with you. With you. No fear. Do not be afraid. For those who are for you, they are more than those who are against you. That is just beautiful. That is beautiful. You plus Jesus, you're the majority in verse 17, and this reveals the, the heart of the prophetic. The prophet prays, open his eyes. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. This is the essence of the prophetic, to give us eyes to see, to give us ears to hear. The prophet is not the one that's supposed to hear from the Lord for us is rather one that's supposed to equip us to hear from God ourselves. That's what the New Testament fivefold prophet or prophetic minister is supposed to bring to the table. Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. Because he's really irritating me with his fear and freaking out. Like, please, Lord, please just open his eyes that he can see what is really happening. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, come on, say it, he saw, he saw, he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, all around the man who had faith, all around the man who had eyes to see, all around the man that was dwelling in the ascended place the ascended life and that's available to every one of us this is not for the again it's not for the elite i want to renounce that lie god calls all of us to be seated with him but this this town dothan was in the mountains and suddenly you 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 had the enemy army surrounding them and then you had god the armies of heaven surrounding the enemy i like that Just when the enemy think, oh, we've got them. It's like, no, you don't. (laughs) You, You are in trouble. You've been surrounded by the living God. There is a place of wholehearted faith where you don't freak out because of the challenges you're facing because you're seeing with the eyes of heaven. It is incredible. It is freedom. It is liberating. If you want to do the impossible, you need to see the invisible. Come on, say it. Lord, give me eyes to see. Come on, say it again. Lord, give me eyes to see. I want to see. It's available. The prophetic grace that empowers us to see. If you want to do the impossible, you need to see the invisible. It is time to see. It is time to see as God sees. It is time to hear what God says not to be moved by these earthly things. Elisha could partner with the kingdom of heaven and release the kingdom of God because he saw. And then what did he do? He said, Lord, strike this army blind. And they were struck blind. And they overcame this massive army because he lived from the ascended life. That is available to each one of us. So if you want to grow in the prophetic, you need to desire it. He said, God, I want to see. If you want to grow in the prophetic, you need to value the prophetic word. When God speaks, you need to value it. You need to write it down. You need to walk in that boldly. So, eyes to see. But now, we have, on the other side, we have the spirit that blinds God's people. So, So, we're having a youth camp this weekend. And uh, last night, uh, Sonic and I, were at the youth camp. And so uh, yesterday afternoon, I was just praying. I was asking God, okay, God, what are you doing tonight, like last night? And I heard the Lord say to me, I am bringing deliverance to the young people. So I knew, okay, this is going to be fun. (laughs) So, So we're having supper last night. Because the Lord has said to me a few weeks ago, there are fireworks coming. So anyway. So we're having supper. At the end of supper, I mean, we haven't started yet. We haven't even worshiped. I haven't even said hello, people. Then the one young person has a panic attack. One girl. She has a panic attack. They pray for her. The next moment, a demon manifests. Full possession. Wild. And I was like, okay, okay. How do we do this now? Because we were praying before the time. We were speaking as leadership, and we were saying like, man, some of the young people they don't focus when it's worship time. They're like distracted and they are chatting, and saying, Lord, please help us to get the young people focused. Ah, ha, ha, ha. They were focused. The moment the demons start screaming, they were like on their knees like, Jesus! come! Oh, it was funny. I was having a blast. It was just really fun. I mean, we haven't even worshipped yet. We haven't even started yet. And the demons are having a panic attack. Oh, no! They got us! (laughs) So anyway, I don't think the young people are ever going to forget last night. Multiple young people were delivered. People were healed. It was incredible. It was just the anointing of God in the house. The anointing of God in the house. Guys, the enemy is coming for our young people like you cannot believe it. So we had three of our young people over the last month or two suicidal, cutting themselves. Every time they cut themselves... They make a covenant, not covenant, they make a contract with the enemy. Blood contract with the enemy. It gives the enemy legal access into their lives. It was beautiful for two of the three testified last night. I mean, I mean suicidal. Where the one would share that she was sitting on a balcony at home and the demon would appear the next to her. She'd see it and it would tell her, jump off, I will catch you. Praise God, her dad walked in right at that moment and she didn't jump. Well, she was set free. Over the last month or so. Again, also cutting suicidal things. Seeing demonic spirits. And she shared last night how God has set her free. Her relationship with her parents has been restored. She has been, she has so much joy and so much peace. Amazing. Another girl, suicidal, cutting herself. St. Mark's was chaos. She was set free also over the last month or so. And so as we were praying for this other girl, I was like, again, fully possessed. You can't speak to the girl. I was like, what, God, what, what, do we, what's the, what's the root? And it came out that she came to the camp with her blades to cut herself. And, um, and when we lifted up the, ar- the, the, the thing over the arm, it was like hundreds and hundreds of cuts on the arm. All the way from the wrist up to the, to the elbow. And she was beautifully set free last night. Praise God. Jesus is the deliverer. Amen? Come on, give Jesus praise. So we could have had four suicides in our youth over the last month or two. Four. But Jesus set her free. Them free. Praise God. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, should I share this? And I just said, Lord no, you share it. Equip my people. That's why I'm sharing it. The angelic realm is real. And in the same way, the demonic realm is real. Amen? Come on, say it. It is real. Come on, declare it. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is our deliverer. Amen. 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 He is powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I just have some of our leaders go with them, please? Thank you, Jesus. So what's happening is basically that there's an anointing that exposes the enemy in our midst. And the enemy doesn't like it, doesn't like to be exposed. Because then there's freedom that comes. So I have good news. Jesus defeated the enemy at the cross 2,000 years ago. He disarmed him. Hallelujah. The scary snake which was before the cross has been reduced to the snail. Amen? Who's afraid of a snail? No one. So I could teach the young people last night, guys, come on, we're not going to be scared. We're just going to take authority. You have authority. And it was beautiful. Even while I was ministering last night, Trevor, one of the leaders, he fell off his motorcycle or whatever, and he really injured his shoulder and neck. And as I was speaking, I just suddenly said, Trevor! Trevor! Jesus is going to heal you right now. (laughs) So we just release healing in the name of Jesus. And he tested his shoulder and was like, okay, now it's a little bit better. I said to the young people, young people, come on, all of you, stretch forth your hands right now. Stretch forth your hands. Let's release healing right now. And then as we were declared healing in the name of Jesus, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, it's done. He's healed. And he was fully healed, all the pain gone. Hallelujah. Jesus heals. Amen. So so the, this is important, because if you're double-minded about the reality of God, you're never ha- going to have faith. But I tell you, let a demon manifest. You're like, okay, it is real. And people getting physically healed, it's real. The tomb is empty. Jesus Christ is risen, and he's still ministering mightily. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, parents... Just that you know your kids are going to talk to you. (laughs) They're going to speak to you. They're not going to forget last night. Praise God. Okay, so the, 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 the thing that blinds us to the reality of God, it's called a religious spirit. A religious spirit. And it's extremely difficult to discern the spirit because it speaks all the Christian things. But there's another spirit at work. It is like this. This is a picture of a duck. A religious spirit, it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. But it's not a duck. It's a next picture. It is a crocodile. It's a crocodile. Looks like a duck, speaks like a duck, quotes the scripture so beautifully. But it wants to control you. And if it can't control you, it wants to kill you. That's what they did with Jesus. So it's important to understand this. The Lord spoke to me over the last month and said to me, Andre, most of the assaults you have experienced in your life over the last like 10 plus years was religious spirits. Working through Christians, Christian leaders, individuals who wanted to control you. That was coming against the anointing on your life. Be aware your greatest enemy is the religious spirit. For that was the same for Jesus. The enemy hates the anointing on our lives. And so it wants to, as I said, control us. If it can't control us, it wants to kill us. It accuses you to, to wound you, to get you offended, to get you bitter, to shut you up. You know, and so that's what's, what, that's what's happened. And that's what's going to continue happening. It's like, Andre, why are you talking about demons? Stop it. It's uncomfortable. Andre. Why are you singing in tongues? That's super uncomfortable. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, we're looking for, that. we're pursuing the fullness of Christ so that the kingdom of God can come to set people free. I want to say what Reinhard Bonnke said. I will begin to split hairs when the last chain is broken. And until the last chain is broken, let the kingdom come. Are we going to be focused? We're going to focus on Jesus and we're going to do his will so that lives can be set free. Imagine if we had four suicides amongst our youth over the last few months. The disaster. I tell you guys, there are hundreds if not thousands of other young people that need an encounter with Jesus. And I'm like, I'm in. Jesus, give us more. More, a greater anointing to see souls saved and set free. Amen. So we need to break out of that place where the enemy messes with us. And how does this work? Okay, to explain to you. We have Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter. In Matthew 16. Uh, Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? And then G- Peter has this download from heaven. And he says, you the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus is like, well done. My star pupil. Beautiful. And then... A few verses later, Jesus says, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die. And Peter comes and he tells Jesus, this will not happen to you. No. What does Jesus do? He looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Peter wasn't Satan, but he was being influenced by a religious spirit. What is the essence of a religious world? What's the access point? The access point is when we are self-willed. My will be done instead of God's will be done. Then you, then you are vulnerable to the enemy to work through you. Okay? So it's important instead. It looks like a duck. It speaks like a duck. But it's a crocodile. It wants to kill you. It wants to remove the anointing of your life. The fight is about the anointing, the presence of God. And so we need to trust the Lord for freedom. Whenever we act in self-interest, instead of God's interest, we open ourselves to the religious spirit. And so Jesus rebuked Peter and he realigned himself like, oh, okay, I was wrong. (laughs) Let me realign my life with the will of God. So he was set free from that religious spirit. I'm sure all of us have experienced this. Somebody... In the name of Jesus, does something ungodly. I'm sure we've all seen it somewhere. Some Christian, in Christianese, religious speak, and yet they break somebody down, falsely accuse, or backbite, or divide, or wound, or hurt. I have seen this so many times. And I'm like, I am not going to be stupid about this anymore. I'm going to see you. There's a crocodile. Go away. In Jesus' name. It really is crazy. Wherever I go, the anointing causes this stuff to come out. And then just like this crazy, crazy, crazy accusations. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. The anointing causes religious spirits to manifest. The pure in heart will see God, but impurities will blind us. The pure in heart will see God. But impurities will blind us. Those impurities can be envy. You're envious of somebody else. Jealousy. Pride. I want my world to be done. One of the biggest ways that the religious spirit manifests is through control. I want to control somebody. So I'm going to use the scriptures to... To use guilt, shame, whatever else to control you. Like a classic example would be... It's like a husband and wife. And the husband wants to control his wife. So he's like, woman, the Bible says, thou wives shall submit to thy husband. It's like a Bible dart. (laughs) Bible dart. Guilt. Shame. And then the wife comes back and says, well, the Bible says also, husbands, thou shalt love your wives as Christ loves the church. And by the way, you're not doing a great job. So, Bible dart back. Fatsua. <laughs> it's a religious spirit. Why? Because the scriptures must be applied to yourself, not to the other person. You control yourself, you don't control others. I want to declare this for us as a church. You never need to do anything if you don't want to do it. Never feel manipulated, never feel guilt-ridden, never feel shame to make you do something. The Lord said to me that the churches that do control, they're going to die. But the churches where there's freedom, where the Holy Spirit can work, they're going to flourish. So I'm like, Lord, no control. Holy Spirit convicts. Holy Spirit moves us. Holy Spirit empowers us. Follow Jesus. Don't be controlled by others. You control yourself, but you never control others. Okay, so be aware. Otherwise, religious spirit. You're you you, you, you you allowing the enemy to work through you. And I tell you, when you walk into a control environment, a church that's under control, you can feel it in the atmosphere. It's like, I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. Something's not right. And then you walk into another church and God is there. It's like, oh, this is beautiful. It's like, you can breathe. It's freedom. It's freedom. You never need to do anything. All I ask is follow the Holy Spirit. Allow God to work in you and guide you and move you. So, the religious spirit is your greatest enemy. You can put that slide up. It's a deceiver, schemer, and manipulator of God's people. The church is sick with it in general. The wider church body is sick with it. So I was at one of our chauffeur churches a while ago, a few years ago. And we were doing a school of supernatural. And it was, I think on the Saturday evening, God was in the house. And then suddenly this one lady freaks out and she runs out. I'm like, what happened there? <laughs> and the feedback was later like, she could feel something is wrong here. Something's wrong. And immediately it was like an accusation towards me. There's something wrong with you. Anyway, next morning we had church service. Um, she was in the church service, on a beautiful morning, and she came to me later on, and we prayed with her. The next moment, she manifested a demonic spirit. I'm like, ah, that is yay. That is yay. You see, this is how the enemy works. You think it's the Holy Spirit telling you there's something wrong here. But it's actually a religious spirit trying to keep you away from the anointing from the presence of God and the power of God. So one of the ways the enemy works is he is like brings fear. Stay away. Yeah, stay away. Like, you know, that's what the religious guys did. They said Jesus was there was real deliverance happening through Jesus ministry. What did the religious guys say? He's doing it by the power of the devil. That was the accusation towards Jesus. How much more will we be accused? Of, oh, there's something fishy. There's something suspicious. That's the voice of the enemy. I'm sharing it so that we can be aware of these things. So the, here's a few ways the religious spirit works. It kills through false accusations. Always finding fault. Always putting you in the back foot. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. It deceives. It distorts the truth. Truth that should be obvious from the scriptures. Suddenly it is not obvious. I especially enjoy it when people come and say like, you know, devil is not real anymore. And I'm like, I think something's influencing you. Confuses you, changes kingdom priorities. Suddenly that which is really important, like bringing freedom to people, is like not very important anymore. Majoring on the minors, it divides. It does not lead to unity. It brings confusion. Church split after church split. And it keeps people away from the kingdom. It's like you you would talk about heaven, you talk about the things of God, but no one is invited to come in and surrender their lives to Christ. Keeps you away from the fullness of Christ. So be aware of these things. The pure in heart will see God. But if we allow impurities into our hearts, we will find ourselves in trouble. And I really feel God wants to come and bring healing to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me. I want to pray for us. If you want to do the impossible, you need to see the invisible. You need eyes to see. The prophetic grace upon your life, we need to pursue it. But also, we need to get the religious spirit out. When there's another spirit influencing us, keeping us away from the fullness of Christ the religious spirit. The religious spirit blinds us, the spirit of prophecy. Gives us eyes to see. I tell you guys, God is moving. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. And He wants to anoint and empower every one of us. This is not for the elite. It's not for the preachers. This is for everyone. For everyone. And the Lord wants to give us eyes to see that the next time the enemy wants to assault you, you can sidestep it because you've seen it coming. You can see it coming. False accusations. The enemy trying to break you down. Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. God is with us. God is for you. God is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you call us into doing the impossible. God, you call us into doing the impossible. And so we ask for eyes to see. Lord, I pray there will not be a non-profit organization. Lord, I pray that the prophetic will be part and parcel of our culture, of our lives. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. that gives us eyes to see. Eyes to see. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. The gift of discernment, Lord, that we can see when it's the enemy behind it. looks like a duck, but it's a crocodile spirit. It's wanting to control and, and kill. Thank you, Lord, that you give us, the people of God, eyes to see. Lord, I also pray that we will not falsely accuse others. But that we would apply the word of God to ourselves. We will be gracious. We will be self-controlled. We will be kind. We will manifest the, the, the very nature of Christ in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you give grace to the humble. Thank you, Lord, for soft hearts. Soft hearts. And so, Father, right now, I welcome your Holy Spirit here. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us where there's ungodly self-interest at work in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would expose areas of our lives where there could be a religious spirit trying to influence us, to try and control others. In the name of Jesus, God Almighty, let your Holy Spirit come. And set us free. Set us free. We're not afraid of the enemy. For God is with us. God is with us. Can we uh, just put your hand on your heart? Just want to pray for us. I want to lead us in a prayer. Again, soft hearts is needed. Humble hearts, hungry hearts for more of God is the key to be free from the spirit that blinds us. The religious spirit, or any other thing. Lord, I pray for us, God, that we would not be blind, not be blinded by pride, blind blinded by being self-willed. Lord, we declare today, not our will be done, but yours. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.